feel of light coming to me. Show me what I need to see. Welcome to the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria, an inspirational thought leader that offers transformational perspectives based on my unique experiences as a woman born without arms and legs. I feel like my life has been full of small victories that has led me to discover the greatness within. I believe that there is no summit upon which we reach our greatness. I believe it is a culmination of small victories achieved moment by moment when we turn toward the inward battle where we get to choose despair or hope, misery or miracles, defeat or victory. My goal is to awaken your potential, your purpose, and your power so that you can discover the greatness that lives within you. Think of this podcast as your weekly portion of tools, stories, and teachings that help you reflect on the small victories in your life. Thanks for tuning in and let's begin. Thanks for joining another episode of the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria. Why do we do what we do? We know certain behaviors and habits are bad for us, like smoking, overeating, or even picking fights, and yet we continue to engage in this behavior. Where do these bad behaviors originate from, and how can we free ourselves from our habitual programming? Here to talk with us is Elena Perella, a mental focus and emotional mastery expert who experienced a personal transformation, coaching herself through a severe depression, eating disorders, and domestic violence as a result of a generational legacy of unresolved childhood issues and conflicts that was passed on to her by her family and then reinforced by societal toxic conditionings. She now helps her clients eliminate unhealthy habits such as overeating, procrastinating, smoking, overworking, and many more so that they can become emotionally strong and independent, live their lives with passion and purpose, and help their children do the same. Elena, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me here, Pauline. Thank you. I am thrilled to have you on the podcast because I think this is something so relevant to so many of us, whether you're an entrepreneur and you're always procrastinating or self-sabotaging, emotionally eating or picking fights. I know several people who like to do that. And even I question, I'm like, why are you doing this? Why? And even when we know our behavior is bad. So we're aware of it, yet we're still stuck in this pattern of doing it over and over again. So thank you for coming on the podcast and helping us work through this. Because if someone is listening to this right now and they are aware of an issue or a pattern that this happening in their lives, hopefully this will get them on the road to start breaking that pattern and really living a life of freedom. So thank you for doing that. I would like to start with your story and why you do what you do. I think it's always interesting to ask and start with the why, you know, why people and what's their motivation behind their work. And so if you could start there and tell us a little bit about yourself and what your motivation is. Yes, thank you. Uh, I do what I do because I really believe that we can become free and independent from unhealthy habits. And if I made it, other people can make it too. And we can also help our children grow up without these unhealthy habits. And this is very, very important for me too. 
that we can raise a generation of children that are kind of new human beings, free from all those conditionings. I went through a lot in my life. Who hasn't? <laughs> I mean, when I awoke, I was 19 years old. I saw that I was a toxic product of my family. What does it mean? I inherited unhealthy habits from them. And they, of course, weren't aware of that. And so this is why they couldn't do anything to help me. But I took the responsibility to break up with those toxic habits. And I suffered from uh, depression, from uh, eating disorders, and I was also a victim of domestic violence. I consider this domestic violence attracting violence partners, kind of toxic tendency. And when I awoke, I began to become aware of the root cause of those unhealthy habits. And day after day, I freed myself from the root cause. The root cause is made of different elements. can be toxic emotions, tendencies, beliefs, inner conflicts, unresolved childhood issues that force us to develop unhealthy habits. This is why it is so difficult to change. When I was uh, younger than 19, I was told that those habits were my fault. When I was 12, I I developed the the binge eating disorder, so I was addicted to, to food. But I was told that it was my choice, you know, it was my fault. But I thought, am I really so stupid to choose to hurt myself? No, of course not. Nobody is. We don't choose to smoke. So it's not our fault, but this doesn't mean that we don't have to do anything about our unhealthy habits. On the contrary, we have inside of ourselves a great power to make a healthy choice. And the secret is to tap into the power and unleash it. And this is what I did. When I awoke, I became aware and I thought, okay, now I am going to really make a choice, my choice to free myself from these habits because they are limiting we put our lives at risk uh, and and we kind of program our children to repeat those habits, those cycles, those patterns. And we don't want that, of course. I identified all those toxic emotions that I inherited, for example, from my mother. I inherited uh, the fear for men and a lack of self-love. And this is why I was attracting partners who were toxic, actually, until I found someone who was really toxic, narcissist, psychopath, and sociopath. Because I had inherited the fear of men that my mother had. And why did she have this fear? Because she grew up in a very violent environment and she feared her father. And she married my father, she feared him too. So it was, I was repeating a cycle. 
I wasn't living my own story. I think as a parent, we do our best and we do instill these inherent qualities into our children without knowing. So I think, like you said, the first step is knowing at 19. Thank God you were only 19. You weren't 39 or 79 years old. So many people wake up later in life and they've had a whole life of these patterns showing up and not knowing why. I'm so grateful that you woke up at 19. So the first step is awareness, but I am curious for those of us who aren't even aware, and I'm suspecting that sometimes there's even this resistance to even becoming aware because that means they would have to change. Um, And so if you want to say anything to that, but I'm curious, what was it that woke you up at 19 years old? Unfortunately, it was a tragic event because it it, it was thanks and because my father's death. He died and I suddenly woke up. It just happened overnight. I began to see things as they really are. So I began to see toxic dynamics in my family. I began to see that I was a toxic product of my family. I saw everything with a clarity that I didn't have before. And that was the moment that I began to become aware of everything that I had inherited from them. So after you became aware, what was next? Next was to really identify element by element. As I said, my mother's fear, for example, that was forcing me to step into those toxic relationships. I identified also my mother's troubled relationship with food. So she she is an emotional eater, but she never manifested it as I did. I suffered from the binge eating and bulimia for 23 years. So it was a long time, (laughs) yes. And I manifested it in that way, very, very severely. And I understood that I had a lack of self-love also that I had inherited because unfortunately my mother didn't want to have children. And yeah, as a, it, it does something with you as a child, right? I had to deal with that. And I understood that I had to reparent myself in order to grow that love inside of me. And I did it. I became the adult that I needed when I was a child. And little by little, my eating disorders began to dissolve. They faded away. And it was, eventually it was the bulimia that left me, I always say, because at the end, I didn't have to do any effort. I actually never, any effort to overcome my eating disorders. I just suffer from them. And when I awoke, little by little, day by day, year after year, because it took me <laughs> a long time to, to cure myself, I did it very gently, very softly, and without resistance. I knew that it was a process, a process of learning to really love myself 
encouraging myself, um, telling myself that I could make it. I was very insecure. I had no self-esteem. Also, it was inherited. And I, I gave that to myself, challenging myself when I met obstacles and encouraging myself to go on. Okay, deal with failure. When you fail, move on. Allow yourself to experience negative emotions because we have toxic and negative emotions. And negative emotions are the ones that actually help us grow and go through difficult periods in a serene way. And I did that. That is so intriguing to me because most people don't think of change as easy and trusting the process and flowing and grace. There's an intonation about change that feels like there's going to be great conflict and it's going to be hard and it's going to look different and it can be all those things. But as you're illustrating, it doesn't have to be those things. So I'm curious, I want to go down that rabbit hole just a little bit more about how, and I'm sure these are all techniques that you use with your clients as well. So I think this would be beneficial as we walk through your experience as the listener, see yourself in, in the shoes that Elena's sharing. So I'd like to go down that rabbit hole of why did you see it as easy and why did you have no resistance? It is, as you say, it, it doesn't have to be always difficult. Regarding my eating disorders, it, it wasn't because I chose to be friend with my bulimia. <laughs> yeah, at one point I decided to make it my best friend and this made it easier than, than people uh, used to, to think. I allowed the process. I had no rush. I didn't put any pressure on myself to cure from bulimia because I, I suffer from seven years of uh, the binge eating disorder. And when my father died, the binge eating turned into bulimia. And how did you work through the process of not going into relationships that were violent or toxic? Did you smoke as well? Yeah, I started when I was 12. (laughs) Okay, so how did you go through those? Was it easy to let go of smoking and let go of relationships that were toxic? Smoking, it wasn't difficult. It, it, It took a while because it was a process. Toxic relationship, that was very difficult. It was very difficult before I met the narcissist. I always managed to break the relationship before it got dangerous. But I never worked on myself to eliminate those elements that were making me attract that kind of man. Because I was busy curing myself from bulimia and next this I was busy creating my own life the more toxic elements I released the more who I really was coming to the surface so I was also understanding who I was what I wanted in life and challenging myself to work uh, etc so really building myself from the inside I didn't think at the time 
that I was attracting toxic partners because of those toxic elements that I had inherited. It became very clear when I met the narcissist. And we stayed together 10 and a half years. It was a long time, <laughs> really. And the, the fact is that I also really loved him. And I did everything, everything I could to help him change. But it didn't happen because he had already reached the point of no return. So this is why it was difficult. I was resisting in a way because I was kind of waiting for him to change. Next, I was freeing myself from those toxic elements that I had inherited from my mother, so the fear for men, from my father too, because he wanted to have children, but he didn't have time. So he never spent time with me. He never talked with me, for example. We never played to, together. Um, he even forgot my birthday. And this is for a child also very painful. At the time, I didn't, I wasn't aware. But later on, I understood that, yes, it is. it was painful because it was as if my father was saying to me, you are not important. This is why I don't see you. And yeah, if you grow up believing that you are not worthy of the love of your father, then you believe unconsciously you are not worthy of the love of men. And who do you attract in your life? Men who confirm that. And you also risk to repel men who do love you because you are not used to that. It doesn't resonate with you. Interesting. We always talk about the quote unquote process, you know, <laughs> trust the process, follow the process. And I think as coaches, it's really easy to throw around words like that. But on the other end, someone who's listening to this is like, well, what's the process? If you want to make bread, there's a real process. There's real ingredients, a real process that you follow. And so I want to just take some time to unpack what that means for somebody, because if someone is truly ready to be aware and go down the path of wanting a different way of life and different behaviors and freedom, then they also need to understand what that looks like and, and what that process <laughs> means. So I think you alluded to it a little bit. You did a lot of self-awareness work. You started looking at yourself from the observer view. You started welcoming challenges and being okay with failure. What other things were part of your process? And I understand if you need to speak about them in terms of elements, right? Because the, I think the elements, like the ingredients are always the same, but the process can look different from individual to individual. So, you know, I'm willing to give that up, but there's certain elements that I think are part of the process in which we are asking people to trust. And so what does that look like? It's an interesting question. <laughs> it really makes me think. During my, my own process, this trust inside, 
it happens. I didn't look for it, but I just felt it inside that in some way everything was going to be all right. And it was very spontaneous. So I think that once you awake and you begin to become aware, also trust come to the light and you will feel it, you will know it, that you are on, on the right path. Another thing that helped me was to overcome the fear of death. Yeah, in some way I managed to overcome the fear of death. And it helped me. I don't know if it can help other people too, but it helped me. Because yeah, I think you're thinking, yeah, but how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, hmm. So, I mean, it has to be more than just sit and wait until you get that feeling or just you'll overcome your fears. There's got to be some practical ways that we can engage in the process of letting go of our fears because it doesn't happen one day like fairy godmother comes and taps her wand on your head and says you're okay now you're no longer afraid maybe for some it does do that but if I were your client, how would you walk me through and, and what exercises would you give me if I were to say, look, I, I have this habit of procrastinating and I'm pretty sure it's why I'm not successful and I don't know why I keep doing it. I see it. I, I want to change it now. What would you say to me? I would say, first of all, I, I would explore the relationship with the parents because it starts there. I would also see what's the message in the habit of procrastinating because there is a message there. Are you procrastinating because you don't feel worthy of what you would do if you don't procrastinate, for example? And if you don't, don't feel worthy, what does it mean? Does it mean that you weren't seen, for example, by your parents while growing? Um, and how come? Were they too busy with work? Or you have, for example, other uh, yeah, siblings, uh, sisters or uh, brothers that were kind of the favorites of your parents, because this happens too. There are more children and one is the favorite and this has very negative consequences on the other children. They don't feel loved. They are not seen enough like the favorite child and this can cause procrastination. And so if these are the cases, I would say, okay, when you feel that you are starting procrastinate, just stop, pause and reflect on it. Why are you doing that? And for five minutes, encourage yourself to do what you would like to do. Encouraging yourself is a step that can help you moving forward and 
perhaps it won't happen overnight, but do it today, tomorrow, and you will see. Encouraging yourself like you weren't encouraged by your parents, for example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that it is very important that you make peace with what happens uh, in the relationship with your parents. Because if you do some practice, but you continue to, to feel angry towards your parents and resentful, then I'm not sure if you will achieve your goal. But if you learn to make peace with them inside of you, if they are not alive anymore, or with them, by communicating with them, if this is possible, well, this is at the foundation, actually. Then you can practice. Okay. I think what you have revealed is that the road can look very different for everybody. But it is possible. Yes. And that's what your story illustrates. That's what your work helps empower people to do is to give them the tools to help them encourage themselves because sometimes when we have not been encouraged we don't even know how to encourage ourselves because there's no example of what that looks like and so having a coach or having somebody to guide you through that process and what that looks like what that can sound like what that can feel like is so very important and you know elena when we met I was, you know, a little bit concerned because you're like, well, it's not your fault. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, and now I like the old school, like, <laughs> well, we do have choices, right? Like what you said, someone said you're overeating. Well, that's your choice. And, but you're like, but then am I that stupid to keep on engaging in such behavior that is self-destructive? And after we started talking and I started learning more about what you do, it started opening my eyes and you're right to an extent, to a mm -hmm. point, it is not our fault. We inherit these habits, good and bad, constructive and destructive. Mm -hmm. And it is our responsibility as we become adults, if we start seeing a pattern, becoming aware is like the first step in the process that we were talking about. And I get that it's not so clear cut in terms of the process, but definitely the first step is awareness. And I think that is something that people can take from them. I love your exercise. If you notice something that you don't like, or you're in a situation you don't like, pause and reflect. Self-reflection, self-observations, they are fundamental. You have to learn to know yourself and you have to learn to know uh, what you have inside that is not yours and that is limiting you because those toxic elements don't help you thrive, don't help you evolve. They limit you, they prevent you from growing, from achieving your goals. If you manage to achieve your goals, then you don't enjoy them fully because those elements are continuously present and maybe you have a fantastic job, but then when you get home, 
you abuse alcohol. You see, so you don't really enjoy it fully. And that's why you can have very wealthy people be so unhappy. So it's not about the external circumstances or the external elements around us that can make us happy. You can have someone who's super poor and just trying to have three jobs to get by, but they're so happy and healthy in terms of their mindset and ability to respond to life. And yet you can have someone who has achieved every goal and has super successful in business and feels so unfulfilled. So yeah, thank you. And, you know, I think what that goes to show is that we're all the same. Like we all need to heal these Mm -hmm. bad or I don't want to call them bad, but these not so helpful habits (laughs) that we have, that we have inherited. And then, you know, you talk about societal reinforcements. Can you just say a quick word about what that looks like? Yeah, for example, when I was suffering from eating disorders, well, there is still this image of the woman that had to be to be beautiful, you have to be skinny, right? And this is a societal toxic conditioning because you could see the pictures in magazines, on TV, um, boards on the streets, I mean, this is a message that if you are suffering from food addiction, it fuels that toxic habit. It doesn't help. So once you've become aware, do those images and the societal reinforcements, do they have as much effect on you now that you have awoken and have worked on yourself? Once you free yourself from all those toxic elements, there is nothing outside of you that will condition, but really nothing. When I go to the supermarket to do the shopping, it's my body that guides me there and I enjoy it, you know, because I always buy healthy food. I'm not attracted anymore by sweets, uh, cakes, ice creams. I see them there is no trigger anymore. So I don't buy them. And if I buy them, I don't eat them. You feel really free, free from everything that have a destructive impact, negative toxic impact on you from the outside. Yeah. Well, thank you, Elena, for coming on the Small Victories podcast. I hope that this has provided the listeners, the audience with some really good information of where they can start. And thank you for doing the work on yourself and then paying it forward by helping others do the same. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. Here are this episode's takeaways. We have the power inside ourselves to make healthy choices. Becoming aware of the unhealthy habits you inherited is the first and the most important step. Remember to not rush through the process. Healing takes time. Exploring parental relationships may provide insight into the reason you keep repeating unhealthy habits or have trouble changing toxic traits. Do not forget to encourage yourself and practice self-love. Letting go of your anger and resentment is key 
in order to fully heal. To the listener, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Small Victories podcast. If you really want to be free, freedom doesn't necessarily look like being able to do what you want, when you want, where you want, with who you want. It's about an internal freedom from any behaviors or patterns that we have inherited from our families and society. And when we can break those chains, those generational curses are over for you and for future generations. And I know as a parent myself, I know that working on myself will inherently affect my son and then his kids and then their kids. And so it's this beautiful healing and new beginning for so many generations to come. But no matter where you are in the process, I want you to know that what Elena's story has illustrated, what I feel like my story has illustrated, so many stories have illustrated. So there's evidence all over the place that it is possible. So if you have a habit that you are struggling with, that is holding you chained down to it, then you can become free. And the first step is self-awareness. And from what I have learned through this interview is that also self-confidence and self-worth is so very important. But if you look at all of those elements, they all start with self. So it's okay to go inside and work on yourself because that's where it all begins. And when we can begin, when we can take that first step, then we're on the road to victory. Thank you for tuning in. And until we meet again, be blessed. Angel of light, come into me. Show me what I need to see. You are my pathway into the light. Lead me from shadows to Smile
Show me what I need to see.